Hello, and welcome back to the Nourish with Purpose podcast. It's Bailey. I'm a certified holistic health and nutrition coach, and I just really value focusing on the whole body or taking a whole body approach when it comes to your health. So on this podcast, we talk about all things health-related and sometimes non-health-related, but really, I just hope this is a space where you can leave feeling encouraged after each week and supported on your health journey. Today we are talking about carbs and we're kind of continuing on the core four method, which I know I talked about in last week's episode, really focusing on protein. But the core four is something I developed because I noticed there were some components that I would add to each meal that would allow me to feel my physically best and mentally best. And so we're going to talk all things carbs, starchy carbs specifically. But before we do that, of course, I want to thank you for being here and listening to today's episode. If you haven't yet, um, I would just ask that you'd leave a rating or review on either Spotify or Apple Podcasts. If you leave a review, please screenshot it and send it my way because I would love to get you entered into the new giveaway, which I haven't announced yet and I'm still figuring out. But it's going to be something good because I love nothing more than reading a review a positive review specifically. But anyway, um, outside of that, also, if you could just send this episode to a friend, it just helps the podcast out, helping it to reach more people and also just hopefully um, improving more people's health or just getting people more interested in focusing on their whole body health versus just one specific area like exercise because we cover it all. But let's catch up a little bit. Recently, Oh, I've got a huge update. This is the last of my kitchen saga, but we finally have a kitchen sink. We have a stove. We have a dishwasher. So no more washing dishes in the bathtub. And it's been a game changer. I was able to make my first couple of loaves of sourdough in our new kitchen. And it was just so exciting. Everything just turns out so much better when you're able to just start to finish, do it in your own home. And it was just very nice to not have to leave to bake it or anything like that. It's just been something I will never take for granted again. Um, Outside of that, there's just been a couple things, honestly, that I've been thinking about a little bit. And uh, I don't know, I really... So there's a piece of what I do. Part of my coaching is I do in-person exercise classes. So if you're in the area, if you're local to where I live, which you probably know that if you are, um, I do lead in-person exercise or fitness classes. I would love to have you join us. But I was talking to a gal after class, actually, and I've just been thinking about the investment piece in our health, financially investment or financial investment. And I was talking to her about it because she's made this incredible transformation in the last maybe, I don't know, eight months or a year. And I was just talking to about how in what I do with one-on-one clients, we talk about setting healthy boundaries. Week three, it's all about healthy boundaries, how you can fill your cup. Because I always say, if your cup is not filled, you can't expect to pour into other people. And this is extremely prevalent about among moms. I feel like moms carry a lot of responsibility and sometimes they're the one that sacrifices 
their their personal time to help other people. And I know there's always a time and place for that. And I always say I'm not a mom, so I don't understand that true desire to put others before yourself all the time, right? I know that can be very prevalent. I've worked with enough moms. Obviously, I have a mom. I definitely get it. But at the same time, she was saying how much her family has responded positively towards her putting herself first and how she realized like her kids are actually very independent and they like that independence. She doesn't need to do everything for them. She can make time to leave and come to exercise class and not have to worry about, oh, are they going to have supper or are they going to need, you know, whatever they need. Like she takes Well, she comes to both classes, so that's two 45-minute classes she'll come to two times a week, and that's her time, right? And so when we set those healthy boundaries, we start to realize that investing time and money into our health is not wasted time, and I feel like we all know that, right? We all know that. We all, um, I'm sure, have at one point or another invested time into our health, but sometimes I think we neglect investing the financial piece into your health. And I don't say this because I'm a coach and like I'm not just trying to promote myself through this. I'm just thinking like if you're expecting the investment in your health to be free, the result that you get is probably going to resemble something that's free. You know, if you think about that and I was that's just been something that's been going on in my mind recently is like if you think you can work with somebody and not pay very much or not pay anything you can't really expect the best result. And I've recognized this in little programs I've purchased in the past. Like I, you know, in total transparency, I purchased like this digital marketing program. And it's not because I want to get into any multi-level marketing business scheme, whatever. But I have a recipe guide. And so I'm like, well, I would love to know different ways that I could get the recipe guide out and shared with more people. So I bought this guide. It was like a hundred and... $98 or something. And uh, no offense to the person who created the guide, but it didn't really serve me at all. And with that, I'm like, okay, so I spent this money and yeah, that's a pretty low ticket investment. If you're in the coaching realm or space, like, you know, that is very low ticket. And because of that, I did not get, I feel like anything out of it. I didn't get anybody supporting me along the way. I didn't get anybody to talk to along the way of like, am I doing this right? Am I, you know, doing the right, uploading it to the right platforms, whatever. There was no support, nothing. And truthfully, as I'm looking back and reflecting on that experience, I'm thinking if they really only wanted a hundred and it wasn't even that much, I honestly think it was like $87. I definitely overestimated that because 198, like that is an investment. $87, Yeah, you know, you go get groceries one time and that's about it. So I'm like, with that price, it's just like I couldn't have expected much, you know? And so I think when we think about our health and think about joining, I don't know, working with someone that does one on one coaching or joining an exercise group, it depends on obviously the time requirement. But if you're expecting support, if you want somebody to reach out to you and hold you accountable, you have to invest financially. And I think that also helps hold us accountable so much more. It's why I I always am like, I want to help everybody for free. I try to be very helpful with my prices and everything. I just, I wish I could do it for free. But it's, 
it's not only neglecting myself, but it's neglecting you. Because if I was requiring you to pay me nothing, I probably wouldn't. I mean, I would obviously care about you and I would care about your progress. But it's not like you've invested in me. So it's hard for people to invest in you when you've not invested in them. And so I think about that in my own life. And I was just kind of looking at like financial things, like things I've invested in the last year. And I was breaking that down and I'm like, why did I expect anything to come out of that $87 program? Because there was no financial investment, you know, and it just translates back to our health. Same with food. I hear a lot of people say how expensive healthy food is. That is very dependent on what you're buying. But also if you're not investing in quality food to fuel your body, you can't really expect that food to respond well to your body. You know, you can't expect not to have brain fog or be exhausted because you bought highly processed food that was, instead of buying like a high quality bread for, I don't know, $8 a loaf, which I'm not going to say that's not expensive, you bought the $1.29 white bread and you don't feel good and you have no energy after you eat. It's like there is a difference in the quality and it, and that's just the important piece of like investment investing and you have to, of course, decide what you value investing in. If you don't value your health or if you don't value maybe physically feeling really good or having energy, if you would rather invest in clothes because your physical appearance is really important to you, then of course that's where your money's going to go. Right? I'm not going to be one to judge or say one is better than the other, but some people have more of an emphasis on the external appearance and other people have more emphasis on the internal, um, qual- I guess, what would you say, internal health. And so, of course, it's so person to person, but um, I've just been thinking, like I said, a lot about that and thinking even like when I was in college, because I'm always thinking about ways that I can maximize the benefit of clients that I have or reach out to more people or promote really good things on the podcast. And uh, just thinking about all of these scenarios where I've never financially invested much, even think of like having an accountability partner that is a friend. Okay, they don't go to the gym. It's probably not likely you're going to go to the gym because neither of you have financially invested in each other to support each other consistently right? We all have our own lives. We all have our own schedules, our own jobs. And it's hard to expect a lot from people when there's just not that financial piece. And so it's just an interesting thing to think about. And I think a lot of the times, of course, time is a huge investment, but more than time, that financial piece. Just something, I guess, for you to think about. I talked about that way longer than I was thinking I would, but it's just something that's really been on my mind in my own life, and I thought maybe if I shared that with you, it could help you evaluate too where you actually want to invest in your health and get support Um, because it's something I'm always thinking about. I love learning. I love evolving and being able to invest in something to continue to learn is is one of my favorite things to do. I've talked about the importance of learning, and I take one day a week mostly just to learn. And I have not been, for the most part, not been disappointed in what I've invested money into and time into. But there are instances where I'm like, why did I think that would be the cure? Because I really didn't put much into it. 
So think about what you want to put money and time into and just really pursue that because I think that's something really important. And like I had said with healthy boundaries, it's important that you're filling your cup and continuing to do that every single day. So then you can show up, you know, as that best version of yourself for other people. Okay, whew, getting off my soapbox now. Um, let's move into the segment of how I'm nourishing my mind, body, and spirit. So with my mind, I have really been desiring to create and brainstorm recently. I am developing a different piece of what I offer and it's very fun to just dream and to dream big and think of people that can help you along the way. And if you haven't incorporated brain dumping or rage pages, I know other people call it, it's something I would highly recommend, especially if you have racing thoughts and you have a hard time organizing your thoughts. Um, having a journal like beside your bed that you can do that before you go to bed. For me, mostly it's like at the end of a workday, I think about all the things that I had been thinking about or fixating, hyper fixating on, and I just write them all out so then I know, okay, I'm not going to forget about these things. They're just, they can't be done today. So I have a couple of clients too that I know at the end of their school day, they take time to journal before they head home because they're teachers. And I just think that's the coolest thing. And that's something I've kind of added into the end of my work day too, because it's just such a good habit to get into. So you can leave whatever it is um, at work or at your desk and you can move into your evening and your hobbies and activities without still carrying the weight of the day. Okay, so how I'm nourishing my body. This is a little different, but I actually made some homemade ice cream yesterday. So easy. It took me two minutes. So good. And uh, I could honestly eat it for breakfast and it would be just fine. Other than it doesn't contain protein. But it's just frozen bananas, a little bit of date paste, um, cashew milk, and then a lot of vanilla. And I just blended that all in my Nutribullet. And then I froze it. And so I had that then for dessert last night on a homemade sourdough blueberry scone. It was incredible. If you don't like the taste of banana, probably not going to be ideal. You could probably substitute that for like frozen Greek yogurt. That might be a good option too. Or like frozen coconut milk or cashew milk. But the frozen banana I thought was really good. It gave it kind of like a banana foster flavor if you've ever had that. So that was, you know, of course, is how I'm nourishing my body. And I think that plays into your mind too, because I've said before, I'm somebody who at the end of a day, I love to have dessert after my supper meal. It's really the only meal I'll have dessert just because, I don't know, it's just, it's not a treat, but it's just something I enjoy doing. It's a routine, I guess. And so I always buy ice cream, but I don't always love the ingredients in the ice cream, but Of course, I also promote balance. And so if you are somebody, you know, I I don't want to say you shouldn't enjoy any ice cream regardless of what's in it, because usually I would just buy whatever dairy-free option there was and I would eat it because I know I'm not eating like an overabundance of it. But to make something at home for like very, very low price and all 100% from scratch, except for the vanilla, the bananas I froze myself, um, I homemade the, or I made the cashew milk from scratch, date paste from scratch. Like it was just really fun. And it was just another area of things that I can make from home. And I just love doing that. Like there's, 
my list is getting progressively longer of things that I make from scratch, but I just, for me, that's very therapeutic. And I had mentioned this on my stories, but a big piece of me healing my relationship with food and stopping calorie tracking, which I had done, like I've mentioned many times in the past, for two years, I tracked what I ate, is actually to make things from scratch that don't have calorie counts on them. And I'm going to talk about that later in today's episode, so I don't want to dive too much into it. But huge piece of healing that relationship with food was learning how to make things from scratch because there are no calories that you can look at. Of course, you could do the math, but I hate math and I knew I wouldn't. And so it was a good way for me to just eat the food without really chronically worrying about what was in it or how many calories were in it, where if I had reached that calorie goal already for the day. So that is something, yeah, like it was just huge for me. And so I wanted to share that on the podcast too. Okay, finally, how I'm nourishing my spirit. Sitting in the sun has felt so calming to me recently. So sitting in the sun and doing a devotional or prayer, um, I mentioned this on last week's episode, but just like inviting God into my day rather than sitting down with my devotional and my Bible, because of course that's so, so important, but really just having that conversation continue throughout the day and inviting him into your life and, and then also recognizing where you see him working has just been very nourishing recently. Okay, so... Into the bulk of today's episode, like I'd mentioned before, we're talking about the core four method. So what's the core four method? It's a method I created and it's nothing super unique, but I think it's a very helpful tool for myself, especially to make sure I'm getting everything I need on my plate to feel satisfied, energized, and like I'm reaching that protein goal, which is another piece that I had mentioned last week in that episode. So what consists of the core four? It's a healthy fat, protein, fiber in the form of a fruit or vegetable, and a starchy carb. And that's what we're diving into today. So I wanted to start with talking about my own experience with dieting and cutting out starchy carbs. Because I know I've mentioned in the past, of course, and I mentioned in this episode, I tracked my calorie intake. And for me, the best way for me to eat less was to completely cut out one food group. Don't recommend that. That's not me encouraging that at all. So I decided I would, you know, not eat any breads, not eat pasta. I wouldn't do cereal or oatmeal or rice, none of that. And this was really just in a time frame where I was really, really trying to lose weight. And I had heard people do low carb, like low starchy carbs, because fruits and vegetables are carbs as well, but I would still eat those, but more of the starchy carbs, the breads, the pastas, the rice. Um, I've seen people do that, or I had, and I was like, well, they had success with it. I might as well give it a try. So I did that for about four months, and then I would add in like a sourdough bread or a slice of bread, but I wouldn't do pasta or rice. I still didn't do that. I would buy like the cauliflower rice or the hearts of palm pasta, which is, I don't even know if it would be considered a vegetable, but it's it's not a noodle, right? It's not made with any flowers or anything. And I would just, you know, have those instead. And from doing that, I noticed that, yes, I, and this is the hard part because I did lose weight. I would say I lost probably 
I mean, throughout the whole thing, I lost 35 pounds. But I, again, I didn't go about that in a healthy way. So that's where it's really hard for me to share my experience and then contradict it and say, well, you know, it's, it didn't work, don't do it. Because it does work, but it doesn't mean it was a positive experience for me. During that time, my hair started falling out. I didn't have a lot of energy. I had extreme brain fog. This was a time in life when I was taking like 16 credit hours or something in the summer and I was working two different jobs taking credit hours of course I was overwhelmed but like I wasn't also I also wasn't fueling my body in a way that would have given me the energy to probably do so much better in all three of those areas but I do you know it is kind of an unpopular opinion because a low-carb diet works but the reason that it works is because you're cutting out a complete you know a huge area of your day-to-day eating would be breads or pastas. And when you cut that out, of course you're going to lose weight because you're neglecting your body and you're not eating enough, right? And and that's mostly the case. I would say for most people, when you completely cut out one area of food, it's not because that one area of food is bad. It's because that one area of food contains calories. And when you want to lose weight, you go into a calorie deficit, meaning you eat less calories. And so that's an easy way to do it, right? but I'm not saying it's a good way. It's not a healthy way to do it. And so like I've mentioned, I worked on healing this by learning how to make my own bread. So I started making my own bread. First, it was just regular bread in the bread machine I had gotten for Christmas last year. And then I started, maybe that was two years ago. And then I started making sourdough bread. And then I started doing sourdough tortillas and scones and cinnamon rolls and pizza crusts and breadsticks. And I learned how to make products at a higher quality. And for me, that was very freeing from that like stress that breads had always brought on, like those starchy, you know, starchy carbs. Um, And so to heal that, I really focused on learning how to make them. And that was a process, right? That was a whole year and a half, two year process of me making things from scratch and learning how to make things on my own. So then I didn't have that calorie label or the calories to look at and obsess over. I couldn't track them because I didn't know how many calories were in these products. And then through that, I started to do the same with other foods. Make more from scratch, not pay attention to calories, not track things. And so I just really, you know, I just really think that is a huge piece. If you're somebody who's like, I need to go low carb because I want to lose weight. And I was there too, trust me. I'm not saying that is a good way to to go about it. And I don't want you just to hear the weight loss that I had mentioned because I usually never ever share that. I don't want you to just hear that piece and think, well, it works, so I need to do it. I want you, and that's why I share all of this, I want you to go about it in a much healthier way. Because Although, yes, that was a part of my journey, it doesn't mean that was a part of my journey that I'm necessarily like proud of or that I love that I did because it isn't. That's why I'm talking about core four, because I want you to add all of these really, really good components onto your plate so you just feel physically good. We lower inflammation. Mental clarity comes with that. So I want to talk now about what starchy carbs are. So like I had mentioned, fruits and vegetables, yes, those are a carb, but starchy carbs are going to be your brown rice, your potatoes, sweet potatoes, sourdough products, quinoa, couscous, crackers, pasta, oatmeal, popcorn. 
Those are probably the most common that I consume. And so that's that's kind of a majority of the list. With that, I give fruits and vegetables their own category. So when I talk about fiber being an important part of your plate, there is fiber in starchy carbs. But when I think about fiber, I use it as focusing on fruits and veggies. And that's their own category. So we're going to talk about that in coming weeks. But why are starchy carbs so important? So starchy carbs are responsible for giving you quick energy. So unlike protein, which I talked about last week, carbs metabolize and and give you energy fairly quickly. While protein can give you energy, but it takes a little bit longer. And mostly I think of protein as a blood sugar stabilizer. You know, so if you think about runners, there's this huge concept of carb loading. So like before a race or a couple days before a long race, you're supposed to carb load. And that is a whole conversation in itself. It really is dependent on the carb. You can't just eat any carb and think, okay, I'm going to have energy for my race. Also, if you don't typically eat a lot of pastas and breads, you're probably not going to feel very good during your race because you carb loaded. Anyway, that's besides the point. But the whole concept behind that was because they wanted to give you energy for your race. So when we think about starchy carbs, we think about energy. And so that's why you just can't eat carbs and feel satisfied, starchy carbs. Um, However, sometimes like if you're going to go into a workout That would be when I would recommend a piece of fruit or fruit with a healthy fat. So like a banana and peanut butter or an apple and peanut butter because it's good pre-workout and a natural pre-workout because of the natural sugar in that product. And it's a carb, right? So that's, again, we're going to talk more about that in the coming weeks. But again, if you want to have a carb by itself, maybe for that quick burst of energy, but it should never be the only component on your plate. And that's because all it's going to do is give you energy, but you're also going to eventually crash from that energy. It's not a long burst of energy. It's more of like, okay, you spike and then you crash. So that's where we add in the proteins, the healthy fats, and the fiber to help balance that all out. Okay, so then there's that component to starchy carbs, which is grains. And they are super high in fiber, and so they're really good for keeping you regular and preventing constipation or diarrhea. There's another component of starchy carbs called starch. It's in the title, starchy carbs, starch. So starch is a type of sugar. So starch stores up energy for plants. And so when we as humans break down starch using amylase, which is the enzyme in your saliva, the pancreas then breaks down the starch and it converts it into energy in your body. The thing about starch is it also feeds the good bacteria in your gut, which is ultimately why I love and I always recommend sourdough because it is a fermented bread. And we know fermented foods are good for that bacteria in your gut. Okay, so some common questions that I hear around carbs. The first one is, who should avoid starchy carbs? And that's when I would say, no one. Oftentimes, people that are insulin resistant or maybe type 2 diabetic, they think they need to completely avoid starchy carbs or go on to a low-carb diet because of how their body metabolizes gluten. And with that, I always, of course, would say it's very, very person specific. So in my opinion, if you're consuming a balanced plate, focusing on protein first, and then transitioning into eating your vegetables and then your breads, then I'm not worried about your carb intake because by the time you eat protein and vegetables, 
If you're reaching then for that carb, that starchy carb, you're probably not going to want to just completely devour like the whole loaf of bread, right? A balanced plate is put into practice because it leads to feeling satisfied. When you feel satisfied, you don't overeat on food. And so that's when I don't really worry about anyone with consuming carbs because if you're going about it in the way that I work with people on, there's not really a huge concern on my end for you consuming starchy carbs. Um, And so then the next question that I hear too, and this was what went through my mind, is are starchy carbs making me gain weight? I think that the chances aren't very likely that a couple pieces of bread you have on your sandwich are the causes of weight gain. But Again, that all has to do with the quality of the bread product. And so oftentimes, this is just an example. If I go to a restaurant, I get a burger, but I'll get no bun. And then on the side, I'll usually get like a baked potato or some vegetables. And I don't do that so much because I'm worried about the calories in the bun. Personally, I just don't think the bun tastes that good anyway if it's not homemade but also it's just a way for me to really prioritize eating solely my protein first and then eating the rest of my plate. Um, And so if you're somebody who's thinking it's the breads that are making you gain weight or causing you to lose weight, it is probably just because you are completely eliminating one category of food, which means you are eating less food in general, leading you to a calorie deficit. Okay, so then... A next question I hear is, how do I know that it's a quality starchy carb? And so when it comes to potatoes or starchy vegetables, that's not really so much of a concern, right, of getting a high quality. Some people would argue solely organic is the way to go. I would say if you can buy organic, of course, that's a great option. Otherwise, just make sure you're washing everything really well. But more of the concern comes when you are looking at those breads, pastas, and crackers because there are some components of these that I would say or recommend that you should avoid when able. Okay, so that's going to be the first one being bleached flour. So bleached flour is what it sounds like. It is harmful to the gut bacteria because it goes through a bleaching process. You know, so they're using chemicals to bleach the flour mostly to enhance the, imp- the appearance. When we go to buy a product, they want to play into all of our senses. So if we're buying a bleached flour and it's super white, and then we make a bread and it's super white, typically, I would say historically, people tend to want to eat more of like the white breads and pastas because they're higher in sugar and they taste better versus like a whole wheat pasta or whole wheat bread that you would make if you used a high quality flour or whole wheat flour. So that's where I would say, let's let's strive to get an unbleached flour. And that's what I use to make everything. I've actually, and this is super fascinating, I've had three clients recently, and I don't know if things in the food system are changing. I don't work in the restaurant industry, so I don't know a lot of those specifics, obviously. But I had one client in specific, she had gone to a restaurant and gotten a banana nut muffin. And after she ate that muffin, it was like 30 minutes later, she felt sick to her stomach. And then for me, I actually had my own encounter with this. I had gone to Panera Bread and I ordered a blueberry bagel and I ate it. And then six to eight hours afterwards, I was going to bed and I noticed I had a rash from my ankles up to like my mid calf. 
and I was going crazy. Like I couldn't sleep. I couldn't stop itching it. I finally got in the shower and for somebody that doesn't like to use a lot of medication or topical creams, I was even like, okay, I need that like Benadryl cream and I just rubbed it all over my legs because I could not stand it. And if you've heard that, I'm sure you've heard this before, but I always say track what you ate that set you off about six to eight hours you know, before that time frame. So it's really unique for that my one client, it happened pretty immediate and there was nothing else that would have really changed day to day other than eating out and eating that product. So she could really link that to the muffin. But for me, I'm like, okay, what was eight hours ago? Oh, I had a bagel and it was at Panera Bread. And so I didn't know what it was made with and I didn't know the quality. And then I broke out in a rash. And for me, it's just not a coincidence at that point when you are able to notice those symptoms and signs in your body that something's not normal. And so that's where I would say it's like those bleached flowers or whatever sodas or powders they're using in those products could be the cause of maybe a gluten sensitivity that you think you have when really it's just the quality of the flour that's being used. Um, So then the next one is enriched flour. Something I tried to not buy a product that has enriched flour because what they're doing is they're trying to add nutrients and minerals into your flour that oftentimes don't really make that significant of a difference. It's really so they could advertise Wonder Bread and make all of these health claims that it contains, you know, X amount of vitamins and minerals towards your daily value. And they just use that as kind of that marketing push when really it's not an adequate amount and Oftentimes, I just view those more as fillers than anything. And then the last one, the last piece I guess I want to say on this is if the bread or the product or the crackers, pasta has over five ingredients, I would say then that would be your sign to look for a different product. And it's not always five. Sometimes it's seven. It depends on what the ingredients are, which is why I do a grocery store navigation session with clients because When you're able to look at a label and recognize, okay, is that inflammatory? Is that anti-inflammatory? Is that not necessary in the product? Then you can make more of like that critical decision or rational decision on if you want to consume the product or not. I would say the only difference that would come in if I was going to buy something with more than seven ingredients was if it was like a ground seed flour. So I'm thinking of like an Ezekiel bread or a Dave's Killer bread. If you look at the label, it's pretty long, but if you look at each ingredient, it's usually like organic barley seed flour, whatever that is. I I just made that up or organic sunflower flour. And it's like, okay. So, I mean, they're just grounding up seeds to make flour blends, which makes the ingredient list a little bit longer. And so that's the instance. But again, it's just looking at what the ingredient is. Can you recognize it? Can you pronounce it? Can you visualize it? Not saying every product that you find in my home is going to be perfect, but I try to most of the time, it's kind of that 80% rule, buy a product that I know is high enough quality that I could eat, that I can eat it and feel good about that decision that I was making, okay? And then the last thing was if it has inflammatory oils. So is there canola oil, vegetable oil, soybean oil, or rapeseed oil, or is there a ton of added sugar? So is there high fructose corn syrup or sugar as the first or second ingredient? Cereal, I guess, then would be considered a starchy carb. But if you look at most cereals, 
The first ingredient is like a whole grain flour or whole grain oats. And then the second ingredient is sugar. And so that's where it's like, okay, making that distinction of then how many total grams of added sugar are in this? Just seeing, right, like how much are they adding to your bread? Because when I think about the bread that I make at home or any of the sourdough products, it is very, very small. That ingredient list is so small. Even with the sourdough scones, I think there were maybe eight ingredients. Or if I think about sourdough bread, a traditional loaf of sourdough bread is going to just be flour, water, and salt. Those are, that's it. And so it makes you then question when you start making these products from scratch or you buy them from somebody that you like, know, and trust, it makes you question like, but why do they have to add so many things to these breads? A lot of the time it's to increase the shelf life, but at the same time, like, could you find a bakery in your town and just buy everything from them? You know, if you're not ready to start making things from scratch or just thinking of those different outlets where you can get the product that you're looking for at a higher quality. And so that is just a huge piece of starchy carbs, which is why I talk about that a lot is the quality because it really is. Um, Kind of going back to when I cut out carbs, I didn't care about quality of food then. So to me, it was like, well, I'm cutting out cereal and usually I would just have a bowl of cereal by itself and I wouldn't add anything else to the meal. It was just a bowl of cereal. I'm like, well, that wasn't adequately fueling me anyway. So no wonder I felt like I could cut out carbs completely because it wasn't a balanced meal. I just never cared about quality so much. And then I realized that's kind of the missing link. Like once you feel like you're doing everything right, maybe you have a balanced plate and you feel like you're doing things right and you're eating the right foods, but then you actually sit down and you look at the ingredients in the foods that you're consuming that's when I think you'll notice the biggest difference in how you feel, right? There's a huge shift that goes by creating a core four plate, but then there's that next step of finding a high quality core four plate or making a high quality core four plate. That's kind of a mouthful, but I just say all of this not to stress you out or make you feel like you really need to focus on all the ingredients in your food, but it's just to bring awareness. I think a lot of the time when we feel energy depleted, we have brain fog, we just feel gross and we're bloated and uncomfortable. Carbs are kind of that link that I would link being bloated to initially. And that's because a lot of people are coming out and realizing that they are gluten sensitive or have a gluten issue. And in my opinion, it all ties back to the quality of breads and pastas that we have in this country. And it's not always the best. Um, that's why, and I don't know if you've ever seen those like videos on TikTok or something where they'll be like, I went to Europe and I ate all the breads and pastas that I wanted, even though I have a gluten sensitivity and I was never bloated. And it's like, why does it have to be so much different in the U.S.? And then you get into the whole thing of, well, we want to make more money and have a product that costs less to make, right? It's, our food system is a little messy, And I'm sure I will make an episode on that in the future. But all that to say, just pay attention to the quality. If you're noticing a core four plate doesn't make you feel all that much different, then start really viewing the quality food you're consuming, okay? Okay, last couple questions that I get asked is, I don't have time to make my own bread, but I want a better option. What should I do? I'd mentioned this before, but find a local bakery and ask about their bread. It's important that you do ask about the bread because sometimes if you're buying a sourdough bread, 
they won't actually use a sourdough starter. So for instance, like at Walmart, if you're going to buy a sourdough bread, they probably are using a natural flavor, which we know is like a fake flavor, to make it have that tangy sourdough taste without having to go throughout the whole fermentation process. Because if you've ever seen somebody make sourdough or you've ever tried it, it is not an easy task. And it's a lot to ask of people that work at Walmart probably to, in their bakery, make a fresh sourdough batch. It takes mass quantities. Um, It takes a lot of time. And companies like that, you know, if they can create a product that tastes the same to a lot of people, that doesn't make a difference. But again, when you look at quality, it's actually making a huge difference because the benefit of sourdough is the fermented aspect. But when you don't have that, it's like, well, you might as well eat the Wonder Bread, the white Wonder Bread, because you're not getting the fermented benefit that would come from it. So all that to say, ask um, at the bakery what they do, how they make their breads, and, and don't go about it, obviously, in a rude way. Just be curious. Be curious about what you're consuming. That is when things get really fun. And I know I geek out over these things, and that is probably abnormal as you're listening to think, she really gets this excited over bread. I do, and I know it's ridiculous, and it's not everybody everybody's cup of tea. But when people are making a product that they're really proud of, they want to talk about it. So ask them, right? Ask them what they put in their bread and then try it out. Because that's just where it becomes fun is when you start connecting with the farmer or the baker or the person that is just processing your food. It gets really fun because you grow connections. And I think that's the cool part about food is it brings us all together. And it's another piece of why I think it's so valuable. Okay. Other brands that I would like that are high quality would be Ezekiel Bread, Siete Foods. They have gluten-free options if you um, have a sensitivity or allergy or celiac. And then Simple Mills, of course, I have to give them a shout out. My favorite cracker company. They just use great products and they use flowers that are very normal, nothing bizarre. And so I really love their products too. Okay, last one. How many carbs should I strive for each day? Again, I never track what I eat. I never ask clients to track either. But I would say stick with the rule of eating protein first, followed by your vegetable, and then your starchy carb if you're really trying to watch your calorie intake. Okay, this doesn't go for everyone, right? If calories aren't a huge concern for you, you don't need to be that analytical of how you eat your food. But I would say if you're getting that protein in, you're getting that vegetable in, and then you want to eat that breadstick or that sourdough um, slice or that potato with a high quality butter, right? By all means, go for it. But just make sure you're eating enough protein first. Um, I also have... In the past, I don't do this so much anymore, but when I was more focused on the calories I was eating due to wanting to lose some weight, right? I've talked about that in my own story, health story, but I gained a lot more weight than I felt comfortable with when I went to college and I didn't feel good in my skin. I was very self-conscious of it and I hated how I looked. And so that's why I, I wanted to lose weight. And so some habits that I did around that, because I know weight loss is a, is a big piece for some people. What I did is I would do a fourth a cup of like a brown rice or quinoa or pasta, and then I would do one cup of a vegetable. And so even now when I make my pasta, I'll do like a fourth a cup of my pasta noodles, and then I'll do one cup of broccoli and mix that together. 
or one cup of spinach. And it's just a way for you to kind of intertwine your veggies, that fiber, and your carb. And you can consume what looks like a lot more for less calories. If you're thinking about noodles, I also used to do like a half a cup of rice noodles. And then I would do a half a cup of hearts of palm. And so hearts of palm, I had said in the past, it's like, I, I it's made, I want to say out of palm trees, which I should do more research on that. I That's what I just assumed, I suppose. Um, but you can buy that at Trader Joe's. They also have it probably in the health food section at Hy-Vee or Walmart. And again, it's a very low calorie option that you can mix with, because carbs typically are higher in calorie, that's why I say that, you can mix with a noodle. And then again, you're eating twice as much for half the calories. Um, and lastly, I would always do half a cup of cauliflower rice and then half a cup of brown rice. Mix that together. If I did like a fried rice on the stovetop, it honestly tasted the exact same. Nobody in my family really noticed it. And it was just a small swap I could do to, again, get more veggies in um, and, and eat, of, of course, enough of the starchy carbs to feel satisfied at the end of the meal. But I always kind of like to intertwine my veggies and my starchy carbs. So in conclusion... Um, starchy carbs are just an essential part of your diet. And I don't say this all to preach at you. I know when I get passionate, sometimes I hear it in my voice. I'm like, okay, you're getting a little preachy. It's just the passion, right? You, of course, ultimately do what works for your body, what works best for you. But this is what I found works best for me. And it works best for the clients I work with one-on-one. Ultimately, the core four has been the hugest part, I think, in a lot of the success with my clients because it makes it very, I shouldn't say simple because it's not simple, but it makes it a tangible practice. It's not like you have to have all these numbers to support what you're eating. You just fill your plate with these four groups and you usually would eat protein first and then you know, okay, this is a good meal. I'm going to feel good after this meal. I'm going to have energy for hours after this meal. And that's what's just really important to me. So with that, let's go ahead and close this episode in prayer. I did get in some prayer requests. So of course, I'll share that while we're praying. But if you ever want to write these down, I had talked about leaving like a prayer log. And so then you can kind of go back week to week and pray over certain things. And if you're somebody who submitted a prayer request and updates have happened that are super positive, please let me know. Let us know so we can celebrate that and just kind of see the power of prayer and the power of having people to just think about you and whatever it is that you're going through, okay? So, dear Lord, just thank you so much for today. Thank you for the sunshine that is shining in this room as I'm recording this episode and that we can just see the sun. Finally, it's been a while, but it just is so energizing and refreshing and I just thank you so much for that in the in the changes in weather, the warm weather that's here that doesn't go unnoticed, especially here in these colder states. Lord, I just ask that you be with all the babies being born these days, but specifically for Harper and that she is just healthy and lively and full of so much joy and that the whole process of birth goes smoothly. I also ask for patience and uh, this that this person just feels rested and uh, although this weekend left her feeling very burnt out that she just feels like 
as she's entering this week, she can have a new sense of energy and feeling refreshed. Um, A lot of stress can come with work and I just pray over anybody who's stressed with work or their situation that they just feel a sense of ease and calmness around the idea and that they're able to enjoy life outside of work and take their minds off of work as well. I also ask that you be with this coach and that you give them direction and guidance in their business and that they just really take the time to make sure that their new program aligns with their values and that they're really able to just have it be something they're so proud of before they share it with other people. I also lastly would ask that you would be with those who are sick or in the hospital or recovering and specifically the person who's on my heart right now and that they are able to move up levels and see really quick progress in how they're recovering and just quick healing uh, mind, body, and spirit over them. Lord, just thank you again for whoever is listening to this podcast and that they just leave this episode feeling refreshed and inspired and encouraged to really focus on their whole body health this week. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. All right, so if you're interested in following along with my life outside of the podcast, you can find me at Nourish with Bailey on Instagram, Facebook, Lemonade, YouTube. I'm everywhere. Or if you look at the description of today's episode, you'll also find my email and a link to the website. If you're interested in one-on-one coaching, of course, don't hesitate to reach out, but there's some exciting things coming in the future that I just can't wait to share with you. So with that, I will talk to you again next Wednesday. Bye. For years and years, I struggled with bloating and chronic pain. And honestly, that was a huge piece of my college years was trying to figure out what the heck was going on in my body and how I could fix it. I first started the more Western medicine route by taking medications. Eventually my kidneys weren't functioning properly and I decided it was time to stop them completely. So with that, I started on my own three year journey of figuring out what foods made me feel good, how I could properly fuel my body, lose some excess weight and water retention. I noticed because of the chronic pain, I was always bloated. I also always felt puffy and that is a sign of water retention. And when I was able to decrease the inflammation in my body, I also noticed that I lost a lot of weight. I was also able to feel good again in my skin and feel confident, but that didn't go without struggling with my relationship with food and exercise, which is why I started doing one-on-one coaching with women through my one-on-one coaching program, Nourish to Flourish. In Nourish to Flourish, we focus on healing your relationship with food and healing your body, knowing that both of those are so important to improving your overall health. For me, I'm so passionate about helping women heal because I did it independently and didn't feel like I had anyone to support me along the way. So if you struggle with your relationship with food or if you are chronically inflamed and you just never feel physically good... I want to talk to you. So if you look in the description of today's episode, I have a link for one-on-one coaching. Go ahead and fill out that application. Again, this never locks you into working together, but it just gives us a chance to talk more about what this looks like and see if it's the right fit for you. So let's ditch the scale, stop counting calories, and let's nourish to flourish.